Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo, and today I'm so honored to share a recent Firebird Book Award-winning author with you. The author is Summer Ladon, and her award-winning book is titled Canary in a Bubble. Allergic to the modern world, trapped in a bubble, and now illegally alive, Summer asks the question, do our lives not matter? In her new book, Canary in a Bubble. It's based on a true story and is a must-read that will leave you feeling awakened and inspired. It is a story of strength, endurance, and perseverance. Summer shows incredible courage when taking a brave stance against the government in her fight for her voice to be heard, while letting them know her life, along with countless others like hers, matter too. And today, because it's a difficult topic for Summer to speak about, we are so honored to have her husband, Robert, help to tell the rest of the story. So welcome to the network, Robert. Thank you very much, Pat. Glad to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm glad to have you here too. Normally we, especially when it's a medical issue, we always get the point of view from the person who endured it. It's always good to hear from a family member. We'll approach it that way. So this book, Canary in a Bubble, that Summer wrote is a true story about her health-related journey. Just give us a little peek into that so our listeners have an idea of what the book is about. Yeah, you know, Pat, it, it really just, it all started just from a little tiny tick bite, uh, and one she didn't even know she had, had encountered. Uh, that's the scary thing about ticks is there's some of them can be so tiny you don't even know they've been there and they're gone, and they've left behind these pathogens and these, these diseases that you had no idea about. But uh, she kind of, it just, she just kept getting sicker and sicker, you know. She lived a normal life, enjoyed doing normal things, you know, going to normal places. And just she just kept getting sicker and sicker to different environments. She would go here or go there, and there would be a perfume. And it kind of started off as small reactions, you know, uh, a headache here or her chest would fluster up in, in hives, and she would break out a little bit there. Or, and then it kind of got a little worse to where her throat would uh, start swelling and her eyelids would swell and her lips would swell, you know, actual anaphylactic reactions. Mm-hmm. Just started snowballing, and she really – we had no idea what was going on, of course, so we just started going to doctors and – You know, like a lot of people experience, we were pushed from doctor to doctor to doctor uh, with really no no explanation of what was going on for quite some time. I believe she encountered, you know, symptoms for a good year or so before we started getting answers. You know, the answers kind of started with, you know, finally she found an allergist that found that she had an allergy from a tick bite called Aphigale syndrome, a situation where you've been bitten by a tick and... Once the tick bites the person, it transmits a sugar molecule called Aphigale into his or her body. When this happens, it can trigger an immune reaction that can later cause mild to severe allergic reactions. When that person encounters things such as red meat, milk, mammalian byproducts, and and so many things that, you know, have mammalian byproducts in them as well. So that was kind of the first answer, you know. She said, well, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe a lot of things I'm eating is mammalian products. She was eating red meat. She was drinking milk. She was eating cheese, you know, so that was kind of a start. So we cut all that out, and but she still continued to have these reactions, and uh, we just kind of kept getting pushed around from doctor to doctor, from GI specialist to, to allergist. to just all, nobody really had an answer. Mm-hmm. And then they finally, um, her aunt, I believe, was uh, her nurse at the time at her local doctor's office. She's like, well, let's just run a bunch of tests. She said, let's check all kinds of things since nobody has, and they found out that she had Rocky Mountain spotted fever in her blood, and which indicated she had the disease 
prior sometime in her life. She wasn't active. She wasn't currently, you know, experiencing fever and this and that. So from that point, um, it led her to another allergist, which finally broke it down and figured out that she had something called mast cell activation syndrome, and which is where your body pretty much starts attacking its own self when it encounters different situations, such as she goes in and perfumes, colognes, different things that smell, whatever, will uh, start her, cause her to start breaking out in hives and cause her throat to swell. And, you know, it's just been a wild rodeo, you know. Wow, just from a little tick bite. And that can happen in any any time, any place. I have a stray cat that just came along and I got him into a carrier, brought him to the vet. And this cat was just infested with ticks, just covered with ticks. The cage was covered yeah. with ticks. And, you know, now he's walking around the yard and on the deck. You have no idea where you could pick this up. It's interesting, though, that it's still something that's not thought of. You know, it's not tested for because maybe because the symptoms are so wild and random, huh? It's that, and then lack of education, we believe. Uh, the average doctor just doesn't comprehend mm -hmm. what all these little ticks are capable of, and they just don't test for things like that, you know. It, it, it's really becoming sad, you know. I'm not here to knock the medical community, but it's like you, you as a patient, you're starting more and more, you know, as, as we go, you're starting to have to fight for yourself more and more because doctors just are not willing to dig into situations. They're not willing to look into what the actual problem is, you know, and they just want to push you a pill. Okay, well, you're allergic to this. Well, let's give you some antihistamine. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't even want to look into why she was allergic to these things, you know, mm -hmm. for, for God, two years. She was almost, she was on her deathbed. She, she became down to 85 pounds, to, wow. you know, because she couldn't find nothing to eat. The mast cells, you know, everything she would try to eat due to herbicides and pesticides that are in our food supply mm -hmm. would cause it to come up, cause her to swell and, uh, you know, symptoms all the way through a GI tract. So, very scary situation. So, at what point during this journey did she feel like she needed to write about this and put this in book form? What happened that made her say, oh, I need to get this out? It was basically after she had uh, started getting better, um, which the book goes into detail about. She she just decided she once she's seen so many and it's mainly uh, mast cells affect women it appears more than it does men so she's seen a lot of young girls on these support groups that really reminded her of herself and she was seeing that they're going through step for step the same thing she had went through and here she is she's doing better so she felt that she just needed to be a voice you know she needed to reach out and even if it was just one person hopefully that that story would, you know, change their life and help them as much as it helped her. How was it for her to write and go back and relive that? It took her a lot of time. Uh, she spent she spent a good year and a half writing the book because you think every time you hear somebody say PTSD, you think, uh, you automatically think of something, a war, you know, somebody's been to war or something and, you know, which is very severe, you know, it's very traumatizing that they have to go through that. But she actually experiences that just to just to bring up her story, just to go to talking about it. It it triggers things, you know, and, and which causes more allergic reactions. Just the adrenaline flowing through her body causes hives to, you know, pop up here and there. Right. So it was definitely tough. And so she just kind of took her time, you know. She would spend an hour, you know, a day or so, you know, just writing a little bit and just kind of went from there. Wow, so brave, so strong, and we all need to feel so proud of her and for her 
for doing this because I am sure that this book will help people as they pick it up and are struggling with these healthcare journeys and the disconnect with doctors that will ring true to them and, and maybe it will give them some hope and inspiration to keep going. Absolutely. And and in just a, such a short amount of a time that since she's written it, it really has already done that. It's just, you know, she's had doctors already recommending it to patients. You know, you've got to read this. She's, you know, had people reach out to her and just say, you know, and there's so many things the book covers. The book, it's just a roller coaster of emotions. It, it covers her spiritual journey. It covers her medical journey. It covers her fight with, with the state and, you know, saying that her medicine's not legal. So, you know, she's had so many people just say it touched me here and it's touched me there. And it's just been so amazing to hear, you know, the different people, what they took from the book, because there's so much in it, you know, mm-hmm. to offer. Let's talk about this government fight. What exactly went on? Okay, well, uh, to sum it up, you know, uh, when she left the allergist, when he, he sent her home uh, from the hospital and, and pretty much a state of we really can't help you because your body won't accept the TPN, it won't do this. All we know to do is send you home to be comfortable, and I hate to say it like this, but they kind of sent her home to die. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, she that's when she had just kind of just dug deeper into social media, different people that were going through the same thing, trying to find answers. And she had a, a young lady reach out to her and explain to her that medical cannabis was a uh, mast cell stabilizer. And she had read Summer's story where Summer had tried every mast cell stabilizer, you know, that pharmaceutical offers. And she would react to it just like she would to the herbicides, the pesticides, the dyes, the perfumes. She reacted to the mast cell stabilizers. They would swell her throat up and so on, the whole whole little ordeal. So none of the mast cell stabilizers were working. So this girl reached out. She said, have you tried medical cannabis? And Summer was like, you know, no, I have not. So we did a little research. She's like, she didn't just want to take somebody's opinion that, you know, somebody messaged her, you know, on Facebook. And so we started researching it. And found out that there's actually a lot of research on mast cell stabilizing, I mean, being stabilized by medical cannabis. So we decided, you know, let's give it a try. Uh, and at first we were very cautious because we knew, you know, she was allergic to all these foods due to things that they would put on the foods. So we're like, okay, we've got, you know, find an organic medical cannabis. We can't just go buy something off the street. Mm-hmm. So we did. We tried it, and it was honestly the first relief Summer felt in two years. Oh. She said it just felt like all that histamine and all that stuff rushing through her blood just melted away as it entered her bloodstream. And at that point, we said, okay, well, this is hope, you know. <laughs> Let's try some food. Let's try some things you haven't tried. And we decided, I think it was fish first. We went and got some Alaskan-caught salmon from the grocery store, and that's the first time she had tried any fish. Uh, and it went well. It went great. Oh. Stayed down. First meat she had eaten, and I believe it was right at two years. Oh. And so at that point, we decided, okay, we've got to try some more things. But in Summer's condition, trying something that goes bad takes two, three days to recover. Mm-hmm. You have swelling not just in the face and in the lips, but it goes all the way through the GI tract. So it's just misery for two or three days, you could just imagine. Mm-hmm. So we have to try things very slowly. And so we decided, well, let's try, you know, let's basics, you know, and we ended up finding that she could eat uh, an organic certain brand. And it's a crazy thing, Pat. She can eat a certain organic brand of this chicken and eat it all day long and do fine. 
and turn around and eat another organic brand sold in the same store of chicken from a different facility, mm-hmm. and it swells her throat up and it comes up and it, she has a reaction. Same way with black beans is one of her safe foods. She eats the same certain organic brand of black beans. They do great. She turns around and eats another brand, and it does bad. So eventually, over a little time with the medical cannabis and the uh, trying the foods, that's when she started getting better. This is just so telling that um, it's almost like a big pharma versus natural foods and, you know, the natural plants just keeps going on where, you know, you've got this medical cannabis that could help, but no, let's keep pumping you with these synthetic chemicals that clearly don't work. It's unfortunate. It, it, it seems that that's the only answer a doctor knows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, that's, that's all they know. Oh, wow. So how is she today health-wise? Today, it's still a struggle. Uh, every day is a struggle. She doesn't keep cannabis in her system 24-7, basically. I mean, she, there's times that she has to wake up in the middle of the night and put it in her system mm-hmm. because she wakes up just sweating and on the verge of, of just a reaction to her natural self, you know. And, you know, of course, and then she's also, she uh, she was having seizures. She hasn't had a seizure uh, in, in well over two years, I believe. Wow. So, you know. Things are getting better, but it's still a struggle, Pat. Still, um, she has to be careful. She goes to town. You know, we're sitting at the red light. She's got the window down, get some fresh air. A car pulls up. They're smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Boom, you just ruin summer's day. <sighs> she just takes it as it is. That's where she, you know, that's where we get living in a bubble. You know, she really has to live that bubble life, you know, mm-hmm. that you, you see these childhood movies of the little kid in the bubble, and that's what summer has had to adapt to. And you, as as her husband, as a spouse, as a you know, as a loved one, you're in this bubble with this person, just caring for them. And so, what was it like for you to watch this? And and do you have any advice for any other family members who advocate for their loved ones? And and I mean, since you've been through the trenches, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, words just cannot describe how awful you know it is to watch it. Uh, you seem helpless. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You just Nothing you can do but hope and pray and have faith, you know, and do the best you can. But one of my biggest advices to other people that are experiencing is hang in there. Um, just hold your head high and, and talk talk with your spouse, whether you're the sick one or whether, you're, you know, you're the caregiver. Talk with your spouse, you know. Both of your feelings be open. You know, it's a struggle. But the main thing is just be there for them because that's something she has seen. Once again, we keep leaning a lot of this on social media. But just through social media and on these support groups, she has seen lady after lady after lady. This husband has just walked out and left. Oh, this is too much. This mm-hmm. is, you know, this isn't what I'm signed up for. And it's like, well, obviously they didn't sign up to begin with because this is what you signed up for. You know, we're mm-hmm. sickness and health. You're supposed to support yourself. So that's the main thing is hang in there and, and continue to support. Never, never. She's, she's even had people where, you know, she knows one girl where her mother attacked her. And she's like, this is all in your head. This is fake. Oh. This is, you know, would not give her any support, you know. And, and even if it was in the girl's head, I just felt as a family member, support that person. You could see she's being tortured. You could see they're going through hell, literally. Right. You know, so give support. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for being you. <laughs> well, you know, thank you, Pat. <laughs> so would you do anything differently now, looking back on your medical journey, knowing the things that you know now, what might you have done differently? Maybe fought a little harder in the beginning research, you know, um, but once again, we were so blinded. We didn't even know where to turn. We relied on doctors. 
uh, maybe that's what I do different is I would I would personally do more research, you know, because we relied for for two years on doctors to give us the answers. And a lot of it unfolded by getting on social media and talking with other patients that had the same thing going on and, and learning personally how to, how to deal with this situation because the doctors were just so hopeless. Mm-hmm. I speak with many, many people, especially, you know, when I wear my patient advocate hat, who are just strung out, like you say, for years and years that have these chronic pain and have these chronic medical conditions. And I don't know if they're being ignored by healthcare providers. They don't know the answer. They send you to a specialist who sends you to someone else and you just go round and round and round to become part of the the loop with no answers. So I think, especially given today with the internet, even though there's bad information on the internet, at least it's a starting point for folks to begin to cull through some of the stuff and maybe come up with their own answers. I know I've done that for, for some minor health issues myself. Yeah, definitely. And one of the big problems, doctors are just way overbooked. You go in a doctor's mm-hmm. office, whether it's this specialist or that specialist, you go in there and there's 30 people in the waiting room all waiting to see this doctor. And, you know, like you said, if he don't just have a quick solution, he just writes you off. He's mm-hmm. on to the next, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he got paid either way, to be honest. It's sad to say, but he did. And, you know, that's just how so many people don't, they don't end up with answers. Right. Well, let's hope that this conversation today gives people the strength to say, hey, I'm not going to be pushed around. I am going to stand up for myself. I am going to ask questions. I am going to insist upon answers. Yeah, I think just this conversation is, is going to help empower people as well. Oh, I wanted to go back for a second about the government. We talked about the medical cannabis. Well, did she have a difficult time getting that? Is that okay? Yes, yeah. back to that. Uh, definitely. Uh, living in the state of Alabama, it has been just a wild roller coaster. She is definitely still considered a felon. Oh, you know, and there's just nothing much that you know we can do about it. Uh, they did um, just recently pass a bill that's called the Compassion Act that allows patients to use medical oil that has THC in it. But the entire time while they were writing the Compassion Act, Summer was in touch with our representatives because that's how you handle things. That's how we're told you're supposed to handle things. You go to your representatives, your representatives change the laws. So during the entire time they were writing this Compassion Act, she had been in contact with every one of them and only was responded back by a few and explaining her situation that Look, I am allergic to the oil. We've went to Washington, D.C. We've went to Colorado. We've went to California. And we've tried all these different organic medical-grade facility cannabis oils, and it swells her throat shut. There's something in the process. I'm I'm not an engineer. I, I didn't make the stuff. I don't know what it is. But something in the process of making the oil swells her throat shut. Only way that she can receive relief is by smoking medical cannabis flour. Research has also stated that for mast cell patients, the quickest way, say she's having a reaction to something, she needs the THC in her bloodstream to bind to the mast cells immediately. Mm-hmm. When you ingest cannabis oil, it takes 30, 45 minutes to get into your system. When you smoke it, it happens within seconds. Mm. So she's explained all this to the representatives and told them that, you know, the oil alone, it will not work. They ignored her. Uh, they wrote the bill. They passed it. It's not quite went in full effect yet, but it will be going in effect. And they just completely ignored her, just as if her story didn't count, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, so much for representation, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'm going to have to do more research on this. I did not know about the mast cell activation and the stabilizing effect of medical cannabis. So I'm going to have to... Okay, see, well, a little quick rundown. I'm not a, not a doctor, but what a mast cell is, is it's pretty much your body's little soldiers. It's your little leading defense system in your bloodstream that when it encounters a foreign invader, whether it be viral or whether it's bacterial or whether it be uh, just a foreign object that's not supposed to be in your bloodstream, it handles it. It's packed with things called mediators. It has over 200 mediators in it. One of the most common that we'll all understand is histamine. I don't know the other 199. But they're packed inside of the mast cell, so when it encounters the foreign object in the bloodstream, it releases, according to what the foreign invader is, different mediators to handle the situation, to remove it from the bloodstream. Well, when the mast cell becomes overactive, it now thinks everything is its enemy. It thinks that all this perfume she encounters or the herbicides or the pesticides or the different smokes from from things that have chemicals in it, it thinks that it's an enemy and it pretty much just throws up all of its mediators at once. It doesn't have any control anymore. It doesn't say, okay, I need this mediator and this mediator because it's this situation. It just throws them all up into the bloodstream is what, and that's what causes all the symptoms that she has, the, the flushing of the chest and the hives that break out all over the body, the swelling. So she's got multiple chemical sensitivities, which is another syndrome all in it of itself. Yes, most definitely. She's, uh, to me, if it's, if it's man-made, she's allergic to it just uh -huh. about. You know, mm -hmm. she, she can go out into the environment and she has no natural allergies as far as to different trees or pollens or, you know, she haven't, she just doesn't have allergies, never did, you mm -hmm. know, but now she has developed this severe chemical sensitivity, mm -hmm. definitely. Oh, wow. And artificial chemicals are in everything. So like you say, who knows in that oil, who knows what it's been processed with some kind of petroleum to extract it. I mean, you have no idea. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All righty. What about the cover art? Who came up with the cover art? Well, ultimately, Summer did. Quite amazingly, she has never done Photoshop or anything like that a day of her life. Uh, she started researching, you know, what it would take to get a cover done, and which was we found out was quite pricey. Uh, and so she decided she, she subscribed online to some uh, Photoshop classes, and she took, you know, just watched a bunch of YouTube classes on Photoshop. And we just kind of wanted to tell the story, you know. We sat down together and just, you know, she did the work, and we just bounced off of each other to come up with it, you know, and just wanted to paint the story without telling the whole story in the cover. You know, right. they say don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I think people actually do judge a book by its cover, at least initially. Absolutely. <laughs> at least, At least initially. Oh, my gosh. So any more books on the horizon? What, what's next? What are you two working on now? Anything? She's really, she's just focusing on, uh, she has a website, and, you know, she's just focusing on helping people individually. Mm -hmm. She, you know, she sees somebody on Facebook that's struggling, that's putting a story out there that's similar to her. She just tries to reach out to them and, you know, one, A, give them hope, yep. but two, uh, try to lead them through the steps of, you know, what you have to watch for. Some of these people don't understand that they're reacting because they went to the grocery store and it was the cleaning supply in there and they just don't understand, you know, well, I had this reaction today, my throat swelled, and I don't know why. It's because they're not putting, you know, once you 
have this condition, you have to commit to the bubble life, so to say. Mm-hmm. You have to commit to stop exposing yourself to these chemicals or it's just going to be a constant snowball effect. Absolutely. Wow, what a big job. What a full-time job. Well, thank you for being brave and bold enough to share this with me today. And thank you for just being a wonderful human being and, and caring so much for summer and getting this message out there. I want to make sure we're not missing anything, though, that you wanted to bring up today. Anything? No, Pat, that basically covers it. Uh, We really appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. She was very, very honored uh, (laughs) to win the award. Uh, It just, boy, it just tickled her. She she smiled for days after that. (laughs) So uh, very honored, you know, what y'all are doing. Thank you. I love that. How about any contact information where folks can go to find out more, your website, buy the books? Oh, I believe I believe it can be it's Canary in a Bubble, and I believe it can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Pretty much just Google it, and it, it pops up several places. Okay. Walmart, you know, she can be emailed at canaryinabubble at gmail dot com, and she also has a website which is www.canaryinabubble.com. dot com. Excellent. All righty, we're talking with Robert Ladon and his wife Summer wrote the book Canary in a Bubble, and the two of them are living this life together, helping each other out. It's it's a beautiful thing. This has been quite an honor for me to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Yes, Pat. Like I said, thank you very much.